This is Josh Wagar with Brother Matt Brown, and welcome to the Missionary Micro Stories podcast, where missionaries tell authentic stories that they love. And I know that you will too. It's six questions in just nine minutes, because we all know that without a time limit, missionaries get pretty long-winded. And so uh, let's get into this. Matt, we are super excited to have you on today. Thanks for being here. Oh, it's a pleasure, Josh. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm, I'm extra excited. Matt and his uh, wonderful wife, Nikki, who will also be on the podcast soon, um, we're all out of the same home church. So I'm um, talking with a dear friend and brother. I'm excited about that. So let's dig in. Matt, go ahead. Question number one, tell us a little bit about uh, you, your family, and your field. Yeah. So my name is Matt Brown, um, also out of Good News Baptist Church with, with, with Josh and his family. But my wife and our four kids are church planning missionaries here in Cambodia in Southeast Asia. And we've been here for about six years now. That went by fast. At least for us, it, it went by fast. <laughs> uh, true. So question two then, um, go ahead and what to you, this can be anything. What is the best part about being a missionary? You know, there's a, there's a lot of things to love. Uh, about being able to serve the Lord on the mission field. Um, one thing, just from a purely human standpoint, is getting to live in a, a foreign country, learning the language, getting to know the people and understand their culture and develop those deep relationships with people from a different place is really, really rewarding. And then a, another thing that is really special to me, especially where we're at, is, is having the opportunity to share the gospel with people. And in many cases here in Cambodia, they're hearing it literally for the very first time to be acquainted with who Jesus Christ is and, and what he's done for them. So that's really special. Uh, I'd say that's probably my favorite thing about serving on the mission field. For sure, man. That's great. Awesome. So we're going to keep going then. Question number three, um, what would be one of the more challenging aspects? Maybe that people don't expect or uh, maybe that they do. What's one of the more challenging things? Well, Josh, my, my number one challenge is myself, um, you know, fight, fight in the flesh uh, to get out there and, and talk to people and, and face some of the hardships here. So that's, that's a constant thing. And, and another thing that I think folks might not think about is always being an outsider. Uh, mm -hmm. We're here in Cambodia. I'm big white guy, over six foot tall. There's never any danger that I'm going to blend in here in Asia. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, uh, and that can be that can be difficult sometimes, and and with that, people have a perception that Christianity is a foreign religion for foreigners. So that that can be a challenge. It's just you're you may be the resident foreigner, but you're foreigner. You're always the outsider. Huh. Wow. Yeah, that's that's for sure. That's interesting. Uh, thanks for sharing it in that way. That, I think that helps me understand a little bit better the things that you're going through there. So thank you. Um, then question four, what would, uh, or who are some missionaries that are doing some amazing things like you guys, uh, that you would suggest to be on the podcast? Yeah, well, um, some dear missionary friends of ours here in Cambodia, uh, Rodney and Becky Rupel, they've been here over 20 years now and they've really been mentors to us as my first missions trip here as we transitioned into the field. They've got some amazing stories. And then uh, other dear friends of ours, uh, Stephen and Julie Knickerbocker, 
uh, serving in Burkina Faso, Africa. Also great folks, some wonderful stories there as well. Awesome, great. I look forward to reaching out to them and learning what we have them on. So uh, that'd be yeah. great. All right, question five, what everybody has been waiting for. Uh, take some time, three to five minutes or so, and just tell us a story that you love about your time on the field. Yeah, no, I want to tell you about um, uh, opportunity that, that we had on our first term here in Cambodia. We were living in a town called Kampung Cham, a fair-sized city for Cambodian standards. And while we were there, we had the opportunity to work in a, at a little village on the outskirts of the city. There were some young people uh, that were coming to the church services from that village. And so we would go out there, interact with their families, you know, follow up with them. And so through those young people, I met a man named uh, Rotanan. And he's the uncle of one of the, the girls that was coming to church regularly. And he had had exposure to Christianity before, but he was very honest with me about the fact that he was not a believer, which is kind of refreshing in a way because many Cambodians will just tell you what they, they think you want to hear. Uh, they don't want to offend you or hurt your feelings, but he was very forthright. He said, yeah, I, I, just, I just have a hard time believing in, in what I can't see. But um, all that being said, he was still very open to me coming over there, visiting with him, sharing with him you know, uh, scripture passages, talking to him about the Lord and about the gospel. And so I would be over there, you know, almost every week, I guess, um, for a fair amount of time. I was still pretty new in Cambodia. It was a chance to, uh, you know, work on my language and, <laughs> and learn uh, about sharing the gospel from people with a Buddhist perspective. And so his house, uh, like many Cambodian houses, it's, it's up on stilts. And so during the day, everyone's underneath the house where it's shady. And so they had like some different tables and chairs and hammocks under there. And so uh, anytime that I was in the area, I could drive my motorbike in, just sit in his hammock, sit on one of the chairs or something, and just chat with him. And he had a, he had a weak heart. He had heart problems. Uh, mm -hmm. So he wasn't able to be in the fields doing hard labor and things like that. So he sold little treats. He would make them during the day and then drive his motorbike around and sell them in the evening. And his, his wife was also a seller. She sold uh, a delicacy they call a uh, cone here in Cambodia, which is uh, fertilized duck eggs that have, have partially developed and then they hard boil them. Uh, so that, that's a very popular treat, not with me, but with many people in Cambodia. <laughs> and so he'd be preparing those, he'd be preparing his things. I could just go chat with him about uh, a Bible passage, talk to him about his doubts about Christianity. And not only that, other neighbors would just kind of trickle in and out. They'd sit, I'd be able to talk to them about the Lord. And so it was a really neat opportunity to, to share the gospel. I was very burdened for this man, Rotana, praying for him that, that God would, would change his heart and, and cause him to repent and believe the gospel. And he just kept always coming back with this um, excuse, really, that he just couldn't believe it. You know, he, he couldn't see it. And I think also, he, he had hoped that Jesus would heal his heart, and it hadn't happened. And he just, you know, was using that as an excuse not to, not to believe. And so uh, we're talking months and months where I was going over there every week, spending a lot of time with him, really sharing with him, really praying for him. And, and to be honest, I felt really disappointed that he was not trusting in Christ after all this time. And over the course of time, the, the ministry in that village just kind of petered out. Um, you know, some of the people that had been coming faithfully were 
scattered and and mm. so I, I wasn't spending nearly as much time out there and I felt like the whole thing out in that village had just been a wash um, mm. you know that nothing had come out of it so fast forward to the end of our time in Kampung Jam um, you know this has been a couple of years since I first met this man we're getting ready to come back to the states for our furlough getting ready to transition out of there and eventually come to where we are now and so we wanted to go and and you know kind of bid our farewells of the people we had known in the community so we went out to the village and uh we met this man's niece who had been coming to the church uh faithfully and then uh rotana was not actually there he had a doctor's appointment he was out of town at, at, at a doctor's appointment and so it was just the niece and uh rotana's wife who were there at the house and so you know, we chatted with them for a few minutes, told them what was going on, that we were getting ready to tra transition out. And just by the way, Rotana's wife said, you know what, teacher? Uh, I wanted to tell you, I believe in Jesus now. I said, really? She said, yeah, you know, I've, I've just been listening. And I, I felt like what you're saying, it's really true. And, um, you know, just, just a few weeks ago, I, I decided I want to trust in Jesus. And I'm going to this, this other church in town. Wow. And... Uh, I was on cloud nine, you know, we left that village and my wife's kind of nudging me because I complained about how <laughs> nothing happened in that village. And, you know, I had never given her a second thought. She was always back there washing her duck eggs wow. and she was listening to the word of God and to the gospel. And that seed, you know, it's planted and months and months and months later, I never thought anything more of it. And the Lord used it to, to bring this lady to salvation. So that's been encouraging to me because you don't always see fruit where you want it when you want it uh, but God is using his word in people's hearts and sometimes it might be someone you've overlooked and never even thinking about uh, mm -hmm. that God is, is using the word and and so uh, who knows you know there might have been other people God had me there for but at least uh, to see that she trusted Christ that was real encouraging and and uh, you know it gives me hope to keep going even in times when I don't see fruit right away yeah amen Man, that is, that's an encouraging story. And a neat, you know, you're talking about, and I'm waiting to hear what happened to this guy. And I even, I had forgotten about his wife. How amazing, how like God yeah. To, yeah. to have that lady get saved. Praise the Lord, man. I can't wait to meet her one day. Cool. Yeah. Well, thanks for sharing that. So, um, all right. Kind of the final question, then one that we allow you to embarrass yourself with is... Yeah. Um, you know what, uh, is there a language or cultural wonder that you're willing to tell us about? Yeah, no, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll tell you. Um, my, our first year here on the field, we were spending a, a good deal of our time in language school, learning the Cambodian language. It's called Khmer, Khmer language. And so we had a, a few tutors we were working with. And during that time, uh, my brother had gotten engaged. Nikki's brother had also gotten engaged, and they were both planning weddings. And we were getting ready to, to head back to the States for a month to, you know, be a part of both of those weddings. It worked out great, really. They were right in succession like that. And so I was trying to explain to my language teacher, uh, you know, what we were going to be going and, and why. And so I, I told him, yeah, we're, we're going back to America um, my brother and Nikki's brother are getting married. And uh, <laughs> now, that's a little unclear even in English. Uh, but he reacted with a lot of shock. And, uh, and so I realized that it wasn't clear. And, and what I had said in, in Cambodian was, my brother is marrying Nikki's brother. Um, <laughs> which, of course, 
not the case. <laughs> so, he, right, so I was I was able to clarify to him that that's actually not what's happening. That my brother's marrying someone, her brother's marrying something, someone. But um, yeah, you never know what you're gonna get. I probably don't know about my worst language blunders, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, that's a great one, though, man. I really enjoy. That's a good one. So awesome. Well, brother Matt, it's been a pleasure and a privilege to have you on today. If people want to keep up with your story, um, what is the best way that they can stay in contact with you and sign up for your prayer letters? Yeah. Um, well, we have a Facebook page that my wife uh, does a pretty good job keeping up with. That's Browns to Cambodia. If you just search that in Facebook. We also have a website, uh, Browns2Cambodia.com. That's all spelled out, Browns2Cambodia.com. Uh, there's a place there where you can subscribe to our, our uh, newsletters. And we try to send those out monthly just to keep you up to date with what's going on here. So those would probably be the best ways to find out more about us and, and to get in touch with us. Great. Awesome. Well, Matt, thanks so much for being on today. We enjoyed having you. Great stories. And uh, I'm sure everybody has listened, enjoyed listening. All Not right. Really everybody, thank you for joining us today. This is Josh Wagar with Matt Brown with the Missionary Micro Stories podcast. Thanks.